Hello, good morning, and welcome. This is We Become Church. We are pastors Tori and Alan Rogers. At We Become Church, our mission is to help people through prayer, God's Word, and the leading of the Holy Spirit to come to know God and become who He has uniquely created them to be. As Paul states in Colossians 3.10, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for life, health, and strength. I thank you for just being a good God, being so gracious, so loving, and so kind. I pray, Lord God, as we get into your word and, and study your scriptures, I pray you would help us to not just hear and listen to, to what your word says, but to also apply uh, the things in your word to our lives, because that's where the true benefit lies. I pray you would help us to view worry and anxiety the same way you do and to help us realize that you are with us and help us to, to put our faith, hope, and trust in you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to start this week by um, kind of recapping what we did last week. So where we ended last week on Matthew 6, verse 27. Um... It's a simple passage, but there's a lot in it, so this might take a minute. <laughs> so it basically, in the King James Version, says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Basically, um, no matter how much you think about it, can you make yourself even an inch taller or a centimeter? Like, I don't know how much a cubit is. You guys can Google that. Homework. Google cubit. <laughs> but by your thoughts, who can make yourselves any taller? Uh, New Living Translation, which is the version that we usually read out of, says, Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? When it's all said and done, really, what did that worrying do for you? Did it add even a second or a moment of any value or extend your life at all or make any difference? Um, so in thinking about worrying, um, and it breaks it down in different ways in different translations, but basically, what do you get out of it is the question. And so... Um, I was thinking of doing like a cost-benefit analysis, which is like a financial term, basically what's a cost, what do you get, and then analyzing the two of them. So, benefits of worrying. You guys can comment on that if you know any benefits. <laughs> um, it's something that I personally do, like I, I worry about things, I do, it happens. Um, and there's a lot of things you can worry about, but it doesn't really benefit much. And if you do know benefits, Please comment them because it'd be great to get something good out of it. Um, as far as cost, uh, cost a lot. So um, some of the things that I've noticed that worrying cost is physical, emotional, mentally, and spiritually. So physically, it wears you down. Um, some people, you've heard the term, oh, they were worried sick, or I was worried sick, and that literally is true. You can worry so much that you make yourself physically sick. You can cause diseases in your body. You can, you know, tax your heart. You can raise your blood pressure. You can get a stroke. Blah, 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 Google. Um, but it's true. Um, worrying physically wears you down. Um, as far as emotionally, worrying wears you out. When you worry, um, it's like it's the only emotion that you have. When you're worried about something or you're worrying, you don't feel the joy in a moment, even though it's a happy moment. You don't feel happiness. You don't feel peace. You don't feel, um, it's like it, it numbs you to like all the different, 
responses and emotions that you have in your life because when you're worrying that's all that there is it's like the only thing that you have is, is worry um, mentally consumes you when I'm worried about something everything is that thing whatever that thing is if I was worried about potato salad then work is potato salad and home is potato salad and my husband is potato salad and you know my kids are potato salad it consumes everything um, I really don't stress about potato salad that much, but you know what I mean. When you're worried about something, it takes over everything. It like eats away at your thoughts, it eats away at your sleep, it eats away at your time, and it just mentally, um, it consumes you. Spiritually, worry distracts you. Because you're so consumed and so focused and so driven um, by being stuck in that rut of worrying, that it distracts you from what you should be doing. Um, which is seeking God or, you know, asking what his way of viewing the situation is. Um, typically when you're worried, like it's a significant and real reason to be worried, but the worrying response is not the way we should handle it. Um, and this is not a shame on you type of thing. This isn't a shake your finger um, scenario. It's just showing the breakdown of what really goes on when you worry. So when you worry, it, it wears you out. Um, it wears you down, it consumes you, it distracts you. It keeps you from pursuing God and turning that situation over to Him, which is the only one that can really help. Um, in the scripture where it says, how can you, by your thoughts, you know, add a moment to your life or make you any taller, or basically do anything about the situation just by merely worrying. But God, who we have access to 24-7, who's omnipotent and all-powerful, if we seek Him with the situation, he can make a world of difference. But when we're so distracted by worrying, instead of turning it over to him or involving him, we actually take it on ourselves and think that our mental capacity is so great that just by um, replaying it in our minds, that it's gonna make things better or different. Um, so when I was going over like the worrying, it came to, um, I noticed, that when we wear we kind of practice the three R's. Um, we reiterate or we emphasize um, what is, we recite or repeat what was, um, and we rehearse the negatives that could be. So when we do this, what we do is we kind of like create a rut for ourselves and we're just perpetually stuck in the miserableness of our now that we never seek God, who's the one who can actually help us to move forward and to get out of it. Um, so it's not that, you know, we don't care about things or we shouldn't care. Um, you know, we should be caring. We should be, you know, concerned about things that go on in our life, but we shouldn't worry about them. And so, like I talked about the week before, it's like, you kind of have to catch yourself, you know? Um, yes, we care. Yes, we're concerned. Yes, we think about it. But when it gets to the point where it's all that we think about, where it's all that we're concerned about, it's the only emotion that we feel. It's taken over our lives, our thoughts, our, our physical strength is, is drained from us um, because we're worried so much and we're just consumed by what's going on. Um, that's when we need to really stop, you know, and take stock of it and involve someone greater who we have access to. His name is Jesus. Yeah, and it's, um, it's uh, very hindering as well. Because if you think, you know, from a Christian perspective, like what we mentioned, 
our goal is to help people become who God has uniquely created them to be by becoming more like him. And if God has called you to be something different from yourself, like if you're an introvert and God has called you to be an evangelist, to evangelize or to share your faith with people, which I think we all can do in some way anyway, you could be worried worried about, well, what if they don't accept what I have to say? What if they reject it? What if they give me an attitude, yell at me, cuss me out, hit me or, or whatever? Like we get, there's a million things that could happen or could go wrong, but it, it's important to keep sight on the one part, the, the main positive end result is this person can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That was a recap of last week, and now we're going to get into uh, this week's uh, lesson, which is uh, verses uh, 28 through 30, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6. And uh, I think I'm using the King James Version, New King James. Um, so verse 28 says, Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. If you Google uh, Lily, uh, L-I-L-Y, you'll get and go to image, select images. You'll see various images of these different flowers. They all have the same look to them, but they come in multiple different colors. Purple, yellow, pink, um, white, but they're a very beautiful uh, flower. And so what this scripture is saying is um, like, we as people, we worry about clothing, but you consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. They don't work for what they have. God just, you know, has put in the seed of a lily to grow and to become the end result. In the same way, um, God does the same thing for us. And if you think about a lily and you apply you know, what I mentioned to us, all that the lily needs is already been provided. It's in the seed. God has called us to do certain things and it's, it's, it's in us. Now, sometimes I think it takes effort for us to, to realize what God would have us to be. But if we keep in mind with the lily, God provides enough for the lily uh, not just um, nourishment to sustain it, but to also grow it. So God has provided enough for us to sustain us, but also to grow us as, as his people. And you look at how beautifully they clothe all the vibrant colors they come in. God will provide for us the same way he provides for the lily. Because we're more valuable than all the lilies that have ever existed. God values one person more than every lily. And if he is going to look after and care for the lily, he's going to look after and care for you as well. Um, and the scripture that came to mind uh, reading this was Philippians uh, 4.19. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And this, this is the New Living Translation. It says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of, all of your needs from his glorious riches which have given which are given to us in Christ Jesus this, this is Paul talking and he's saying God will supply 
He's not saying God might supply if you, you know, do X, Y, and Z. He's like, God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And especially at this time of year, I think people confuse uh, needs and wants. It's like we have a lot of things that we desire that would be nice to have but aren't necessarily necessary. But God, God will provide what we need. He sees what we need and he's concerned and he cares. Thank you for joining us. I pray that you were blessed by today's message and that it has helped you to better know and grow in God. I pray that your fears have been challenged, your spirit has been strengthened, and your faith has increased as we continue to be transformed into the image of his son, Jesus.